Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 10th, 2023. Listen, I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I'm teaching the first parable. It's called, I call it the mother of all parables because Jesus, when he was having a conversation with his disciples and they said, hey, Jesus, we need you to explain this thing to us. We don't understand it. He said, you don't understand this parable? Dude, you got to understand this one. If you don't understand this one, how can you understand any parable? So I call it the mother of all parables. We've been looking at this for almost seven weeks. This is part 34 of the series already. And I'm calling this one speaking the language of faith. Put in the chat, I speak the language of faith. I want you to know that faith has a language. And as a believer, what we got to do is we got to speak the language of faith. So put in the chat, I speak the language of faith. Get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Faith has a language. Put in the chat, faith has a language. Listen, I can I can hear faith. Uh, when I talk to people, we're the just and we're supposed to live by faith, right? So the Bible says, matter of fact, we got saved by faith. It was God's grace, but we access it through our faith. So we got saved by faith. Then, then watch this. Then we're supposed to live by faith. We are the just. Four places in the Bible, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. In Habakkuk 2 and 4, the, less, the, the Bible says the just shall live by his faith. So I can't live off of my mama's faith, my daddy's faith. I am the just and I have to live by my faith. So I'm saved by faith. I live by faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. So I save by faith, live by faith, walk by faith, pray by faith. I, I have to pray the prayer of faith and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. So I'm saved by faith, live by faith, walk by faith. Pray by faith, fight by faith. I fight the good fight of faith, glory to God. So I'm saved by faith, walk by faith, live by faith, pray by faith, fight by faith. I overcome the world by faith. First John 5 and 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so everything that we do is by faith and faith has a language. So when I listen to you, I, I can tell really easy whether or not you're in the faith or not, right? And and the Bible actually says, check your heart to see whether or not you're in the faith. We got to examine ourselves, Paul said. You should examine yourself to see whether or not you're in the faith. I can tell by listening to you whether or not you're in the faith because what's in you abundantly has to come out of you, out of you eventually. And so your mouth is telling everybody on the outside what's going on in your heart on the inside. And so by listening to you, I can hear faith because faith has a language. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You got it? All right. So before we get into the to the actual message, Psalms 126 and verse 4 is a scripture we've been looking at all year. Let me just read it for you again. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. I want us to know that this is a season we believe at our church of refreshing and restoring for us. So this is a season where if there's any area of your life just that needs to be refreshed or restored, this is your season. Dry hearts will be drenched again. Say amen to that. All right. So Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 13. This is Jesus's explanation of the parable of the sower for his team. His team didn't understand it. He said, well, let me break it down for you. The farmer is like someone who takes the seed, which is God's word, sows it down the side of people. That's the soil. Sometimes the seed falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but they don't understand it. Their understanding is unfruitful because they don't understand it. They're susceptible to Satan. Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like seed that's planted on the rocky ground. These are the people that hear the word of God, 
But at first, they quickly and gladly accept it. The problem is that they don't allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. And as a result, as soon as trouble comes, a persecution comes, a pressure comes, they're quick to give up. Other people like see that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the teaching, the word of God, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. What are the other, the other things? Well, the case of this world, the love of money and everything else they want. Those things grow up like weeds and choke out the word. Now, other people are like good ground. Say, I'm good ground. Yeah, other people are like good ground. And then the good ground produces a harvest. But even then, sometimes it's 30 times more. Sometimes it's 60 times more. Sometimes it's 100 times more. And what you and I want, if you're watching today's word, I know you want the hundredfold. But say that. Put that in the chat. I want a hundredfold. I want the hundredfold return is symbolic or representative of God's best. The, the hundredfold return is symbolic or representative of everything that God planned for you. In the Bible, it's 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. There is no 200-fold. There is no 300-fold. There is no 500-fold. <laughs> it's 100-fold. And the 100-fold is symbolic or representative of God's best. And put in the chat, I want God's best. So if you want God's best over your marriage, your children, your finances, your body, your health, your future, whatever, you got to learn to speak Declare God's best. Proverbs 18 and 21 says the tongue can speak words that bring life or death, and those who love it are, are going to accept it, are going to receive what they say. Good or bad, you're going to have whatsoever you say. So what does this mean for you today? As I got to this point, it's like I'm led to talk about the language of faith within the context of this parable, and it's almost like I'm going to give you a faith refresher. I'm basically going to give you a faith refresher in a few minutes. You ready? All right, let's get into it. Here we go. This is why I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, faith begins where the will of God is known. Say that. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Put that in the chat. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Let me break down faith for a minute, for a few minutes, actually. Faith is not about God granting you the desires of your heart. Faith is about you aligning with God's desires for your life. Faith is not about you trying to get God to put a yes on your plans. Faith is about God trying to get you to put a yes on his plans. Faith is not what happens when you convince God to give you what you want. And I know that a lot of people believe that. Um, no, faith is what happens when God convinces you to accept what he wants. It's not me trying to persuade God is what happens when I am fully persuaded of God, like God persuaded me. And so when God persuades me, I have to believe what he said. Now that's faith. Now I'm going to launch out in faith. I didn't come up with this. This is this was not something I wanted. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And even when I'm doing it, the pressure is going to be there. Even when I'm doing it, the Bible says that the word will attract opposition and trouble. So even when I'm doing it, I cannot be moved. I have to remind myself constantly that God told me to do this thing. I'm doing the will of God. I'm only doing what he wants me to do. I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but you got to remind yourself I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm, I stepped out in faith without wavering, without a doubt. Father, this is what you want me to do. Now, I believe that that what you reveal is going to come to pass. Now, will trouble come? Yeah, trouble will come. Will pressure come? Yeah, pressure will come. What's going to happen? I have to continually remind myself of what God said so that I am not moved. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, he prayed, and he did this in other letters too, but Ephesians 1 is a good example. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul said, hey man, I want you guys to know that I pray for you. And this is the type of prayer that I pray for you. Now, to be clear, the type of prayer that I pray for you is not 
I'm praying for God to give you whatever you want. No, that's not the type of prayer that I pray because I don't believe that's biblical, Paul is saying. Let me give you the type of prayer that I pray. I pray that God will reveal to you what he wants. (laughs) My, My prayer is not for God to give you whatever you came up with. No, my prayer is for God to flood your eyes with light, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened or flooded with light so that you would know the hope of his calling and the exceeding great riches that he already has in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, everything that he already stored up for you, and that he will reveal those things to you and manifest those things to you in your life at just the right time. And so I'm not praying for God to give you what you want. I'm praying for you to find out what God wants for your life and for you to walk in that. You know what that's called? That's called faith. Faith is not about you. Faith is all about him. Faith is not about what you came up with and what you want. Faith is not about selfish desires. Faith is about what God already planned for us from the foundations of the world. In many regards, faith is what happens to you. It's like faith is something that's happening to you. As you walk with God, God is walking with you. The Holy Spirit reveals things to you that God planned for you from the foundations of the world. Faith is what happens to you. Faith is what happens when you believe it, you receive it, you get convinced of it, when you are fully persuaded, when you are so persuaded that you are crazy enough to say it out loud, in faith, without wavering, without a doubt, at the risk of looking foolish. That's what happens. Even though you have no, you're providing corresponding action. Faith is something you say or something you do or see that you sow. Even though you don't have any sense realm evidence to support it. You don't have an email. You don't have a letter. You don't have a doctor's report. You don't have a financial. You don't have anything in the world to support what you're saying, but you're saying it. Why? Because you have it on the inside. Faith happened to me. Faith, God, this is God convinced me of it. Faith is about God's will. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And so when God reveals to you his will, either in his written word or through his spoken word, God can give you a dream while you're sleeping, an open vision while you're awake. And so it all starts with the word of God. Say it starts with the word of God. So in this parable, watch this. The soil didn't decide what to produce. The soil didn't decide. Who decided? The sower. The sower provided the seed and the seed created a harvest. And so the soil didn't decide what to produce. The soil just received the seed that came from the sower. And that's how it is with you and I. We're the soil. Well, I'm not deciding what I'm going to do in my life. I'm receiving from the sower the seed that God intends to produce a harvest in my life. And now as God reveals to me what he already planned, as God reveals to me what he wants to do, as God reveals to me what he wants me to do in this season, I do that and I do it without wavering, and I do it at the risk of looking foolish, and I do it without any sense from evidence to support it. So revelation, I like to say, God is revealing to me what he already planned for me. Revelation is my authorization for faith. Put that in the chat. Revelation is my authorization for faith. And so, so when God reveals to me what he already planned from the foundations of the world, I'm now authorized. If, if I don't know what God planned, I don't know what to pray. If I don't know what God planned, I don't know what to say. If I don't know what God planned, I don't know what to do. Revelation is my authorization for faith. The soil can have confidence that the seed is going to produce because the seed came from the sower. I can have confidence that what God said is going to come to pass in my life because I'm not the one who said it. It was God who said it. And so since God said some stuff, watch this, I'm preaching to myself right now. And when Isabella is watching, I lift up Inspire Solutions. And so God said some stuff over Inspire Solutions, our business, it has to come to pass. I lift up Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. God said some stuff over Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. It has to come to pass because I'm not the one who said it. It was God who said it. I lift up my children. My children, God has said some 
some stuff over my children. And we declare that it has to come to pass because we didn't say it. God said it. Come on now. You see what I'm saying? And so, so the pressure is not on me. The pressure is on God. I'm not going to take on the pressure to perform. I'm looking unto God, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. So my confidence is not in me. That My confidence is in God. The soil's confidence was not in the soil. The soil's confidence was in the sower and in the seed. And so just like God is the Lord of the harvest. God plants seed down in my heart. And I believe that everything he said will come to pass. In the, in the Bible, in Numbers 23 and 19, it says it this way. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If God said it, he will perform it. If God declared it, he'll make it good. And so if it came from God, it has to come to pass. Put that in the chat. Since it came from God, it has to come to pass. Say amen to that. This is a faith refresher. Number two. Faith believes what God says or what God reveals, no matter how impossible it seems. So faith believes the impossible. Let me help you out. If you're dealing with something in your body and the doctors say, hey, this is it, you know, this is it. It's, it, it there's nothing else we can do. I can't tell you how many times or how many people I've run into. They say, hey, the doctor said I had six months to live. And the doctor said we've done all that we can do. And I had accepted it. I was like, okay, I have six months to live. But then I came in contact with God. Uh, God sent somebody to me. And the power of God was released in my life. And boom, guess what? I'm cancer-free. Oh, wow. How, how long ago was that? Oh, that was 13 years ago. I was given six months to live 13 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. What happens? If the doctor says it's impossible, if the bank says it's impossible, if your family says it's impossible, but then you get a word from God saying it's possible, the impossible just became possible for you. Why? Because you got a word from the Lord. You didn't come up with it. It came from God. So faith puts the emphasis on God. Faith puts the emphasis on what God said. Faith puts the emphasis on God's power, not your power. Faith, if God said it, God has to perform it. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about my power, my ability, my strength, my acumen, my background, my resume. No, it's about God. The fact that God said it is 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 my invitation to experience it. So so watch this. My watch. Say, put it this way in the chat. Revelation is my invitation for participation. Revelation is my invitation for participation. God reveals it to me. And as God reveals to me what he already planned for me from the foundations of the world, that revelation becomes my invitation for participation. I get to believe and receive and experience what God already planned. And it's not about me. It's all about him. It's all about what he said, what he planned, what he revealed. Say amen to that. Jesus said in John 5 and 19, John 5 and 30, other places in the Bible, Jesus said, I only say those things I hear my father say. I only do those things I see my father do. What was he, what was he saying? He was saying, listen, my father is showing me stuff. And as he shows me stuff, once again, that revelation becomes my invitation for participation. I only do what I see. So as God, the father is revealing things to me, I'm not walking around. Jesus was saying, I'm not walking around doing whatever, doing whatever I want. No, no, no. As I'm walking around, as I get up every morning, I go off to pray because the father reveals to me what he wants to do for that day. And as the father reveals to me what he wants to do for that day, I go out there now and I go get to experience what he invited me to. The revelation was my invitation for participation. So the father is inviting me into what he's doing. So I, I'm not coming up with something and asking God to bless it. No, God is revealing to me what's already blessed, what
what he already planned. And so I just get to participate in what he already planned. Oh, Father, what do you want? You're a pastor. Let me speak to pastors real quick. You're a pastor. You have a church. You're in the local community. You're, you ask God, Father, what did you plan to do with this community? What did you plan to do with these people? These are your people. They're called by your name. These are not my people. These are your people. I'm just shepherding the flock. So, Father, what do you want to do with these people? What do you plan to do with this community? What is it that you're doing? What is it that you already planned? And let me get in on that. So it's not that I have to come up with something that I ask God to bless it. God reveals to me what he already planned to do from the foundations of the world. And if I live that way, I'm not taking on any pressure to perform. Put in the chat, I take on no pressure to perform. I am delivered from performance-based religion. Because here's the danger of being religious. When you're religious, you, you depend on you. Religious people, they take the pressure to perform. Religious people, put in the chat, I'm delivered from the pressure to perform. Religious people take on the pressure to perform. Religious people say, man, I got to do this. I got to do this right. I got to do that right. I got to do this right. I got to do that right. If not, God is not going to bless me. And so they're taking on the pressure to go, God, God called me to do something great. How am I going to do it? Oh, God, tell me what I have to do. So how am I going to do this thing? And they're putting pressure on themselves. And when you put pressure on yourself, what you're doing is you're opening the door to, to distressing anxiety. What you're doing is you're opening the door to depression, right? What you're doing is you're putting too much pressure on yourself to perform. And there are believers right now who love God who are stressed out. There are believers right now who love God, but who have such a big dream from God and they don't know how it's going to come to pass that they can't sleep. Like, like they're losing their sleep. They're pulling their hair out. What, what are they doing? They are driving themselves to stress because they are putting themselves in a situation where they're relying on themselves. And, and it's the pressure to perform. God calls you to do things that you can't do. Why? So that you can't do it. So that you're like, I, I know I can't do it. I have to rely on God so that you can put the pressure on him. In the parable, the soil didn't come up with the seed. The sower did. And so, and the soil could not make the seed produce. The Lord of the harvest did. So you got to say, look, the seed came from God. That means the idea came from God. The harvest came, has to come from God. I can't make this thing work. You have to make it work, God. My eyes are on you. I'm just looking unto you as the author and the finisher of my faith. Say amen to that. You got it? All right, number three. Faith is about having so much confidence in what God said or what God revealed that you will say what you saw. This is where your words come in. This is the language of faith. You have so much confidence in what God said that you're going to say what God said until you see what God said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to that which was written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Guess what? New Testament, we also believe and therefore speak. So he's saying there's the spirit of faith. What does the spirit of faith do? Well, the spirit of faith believes first and then speaks, B believes what God revealed and then speaks words of faith from a believing heart. So he says, that's what the spirit of faith does. Th the word says, Paul is saying, you know what the word says in the Old Testament? I believe and therefore have I spoken. He says, well, we have the spirit of faith in the New Testament. And this is what we do in the New Testament. We also believe and therefore we speak. So we are speaking what we believe. We are speaking the language of faith. We are speaking words of faith from a believing heart. We have the audacity to say what God said until we see what God, see what God said. It doesn't matter how crazy it looks. It doesn't matter how impossible it seems. When we do this, we are taking God public. 
at the risk of looking foolish. So it's easy to believe in your heart. Why? Because nobody knows what's going on in your heart. It's easy to say, oh, I believe. I'm believing God for a lot of things. Why? Because nobody knows what's going on in your heart. Your heart is where you meditate. Your heart is where you medicate. Where your heart is where you let the word of God ruminate. I got it. But when you open up your mouth and you openly declare out loud what God said, now you're taking God public and you're taking your faith to a whole nother level because you've mustered up the faith to say publicly what God has revealed to you privately. Put this in the chat. I have the confidence to say publicly what God has revealed to me privately. And so if you have the faith to say publicly what God has revealed to you privately, then you're tapping into a whole nother level of faith and good or bad, you're going to have whatsoever you say. So I recently on the Patreon where, where I have uh, sessions and I coach and mentor people, um, I recently ha- uh, did a video about, uh, it was entitled, do not take ownership of failure. Like don't own your failure. And um, I talked about two cases where I was mentoring somebody in two different situations. In one situation, the person kept saying, I hate doing X, you know? I hate doing this thing. I hate it. I hate it. I'm, uh, it messes up my day. I, it stresses me out. I just hate doing it. I can't stand it. Uh, you know, I'm doing this thing. I can't stand doing it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But he even said it like three times. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Right. I was like, well, how often do you have to do? It? I have to do it once a week on this particular day. And every time that day comes, I get stressed out because I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> And I was like, wow, so good. Or, I was like, stop for a moment. I want you to know that good or bad, you're going to have whatsoever you say. And then the person after says, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I just can't stand this stuff. I need you to pray for me. I was like, okay, I can pray for you. But just, just want, I just want you to know that my prayers are not going to override your confession. My prayers are not going to overrule your heart. Like in your heart, you're already, you hate it, you hate it, you hate it. And you are speaking words of faith from a believing heart. You're saying you hate it. You're saying what you believe and you believe you hate it and you're saying you hate it and you declare you hate it and you own the fact that you hate it. And so you, and you have to do it every once a week on this day. So every time that day comes, you're going to have a terrible day because you have owned it. You're going to have whatsoever you say. I can pray for you, but just know that my prayers are not going to override that. So if you want to have a great day, when that day comes, you got to change what you're saying. You got to change what you're believing. You got to change the declaration of faith because good or bad, you're going to have whatsoever you say. Then I was talking to another person um, and the person kept saying, uh, I'm just having a hard time with this. Uh, but I was about to pray. He said, yeah, thank you for you know being willing to pray for me, but I'm just having a hard time with this. I'm just having, a, this is hard and I'm just having a hard time. <laughs> this is so hard and I'm just having a hard time. I said, okay, I can pray for you But just know that my prayers are not going to override your confession. Like if you're saying and you're taking ownership, this is hard. I'm having a hard time. And you know what I'm having? I'm having a hard time. In both cases, they were putting a period on it. Like it was like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Period. I'm having a hard time. And and this is hard. Period. They were putting a period where they should have been putting a comma. Oh, you know what? In the past, I hated doing X. Comma, not a period. Comma, but you know what? I can embrace the grace of God to overcome it. God has called me to do this thing. I'm going to change my mindset. Matter of fact, the next day, the next time this day comes around, I'm going to have an amazing day. I put a comma there, and now here comes the word of faith, right? Or, oh, I'm having a hard time with this, comma, 
But you know what? I'm going to embrace the grace. You're going to pray for me. And as you pray for me, I open up my heart to the grace of God. And the grace of God is going to overwhelm me and empower me and overtake me. And guess what? What was hard is going to become easy. The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. Let, let the poor say I'm rich. I didn't come up with that. That's what the Bible says. And so you got to declare what God has already decreed over your life. Faith has a language. Let's go back to this parable. If the person who is like one of the first three types of ground, the soil, let's say the person that's like the wayside soil or the rocky soil or the thorny soil says, hey, Brother Pena, can you pray for me? Oh, yeah, I can pray for you. But my prayers are not going to change the fact that you're not working the word. My prayers are not going to change the fact that you are fighting against God's system. You know, my prayers are not going to change the fact that faith has a language. And so you, you got to understand how faith works. If you want the hundredfold, if you want the best, like the best of the best, which is a hundredfold return. If you want a hundredfold return, you got to learn to receive the word, believe the word, declare the word, meditate, medicate, ruminate in the word of God, and then declare it. Faith has a language. You got to speak what God said until you see what God said. Faith is your expression. Faith has a language. And speaking the language of faith, is the way that you express your confidence in God. It's not about you. It's all about him. Say amen to that. That's enough. That's enough for today. Faith has a language. And as a believer, you got to learn to speak the language of faith. Put in the chat, I speak the language of faith. As a matter of fact, we're going to close out this message by declaring the language of faith. So I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Would you just learn, let's put it, into practice. Say this. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I align your desires for my life with my desires for my life. <laughs> I do not make my life about selfish ambitions. It's your plans that matter, not mine. So I say yes to you. I am fully persuaded by you. I'm not trying to persuade you. My eyes are flooded with light. You reveal your purpose to me. And as you do, I embrace what you have planned. My faith rests in you. My faith believes the impossible. Not because of me, but because of you. Your word is an invitation for me to experience extraordinary. You are calling me into a realm that exceeds my power and grace. So I'm not stressing. I just learned how to rely on you. The greater level comes with a greater grace. I embrace your grace and I walk in it. I speak the language of faith. I declare your promises, even when it seems crazy. I take you public, even at the risk of looking foolish. And as you reveal my to be stage from my right now stage, I have the faith to announce it. My faith is voice activated and I will have whatsoever I say. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. 
Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Sign up and get the messages. I mean, you get the notes for free. Uh, if you enjoyed that message, if this was a good faith refresher, this is something you might need to listen to again. I also want you to share it. So I need you to do two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you and also for me. I love you. God loves you more. Now, let me just say this about the language of faith. If you don't have my books, 150 Affirmations of Faith for Men, 150 Affirmations of Faith for Women, you need to get those. Go to rickpina.co and click on the links and get them on Amazon. You need to get those and open up the book and declare the word of the Lord over your life. Faith has a language. Speak the language of faith. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.